Lane Lambert makes line changes ahead of tonight's game against the Colorado Avalanche. We'll break those down. We'll talk about the concern we have for two particular Islanders players, and we'll preview the game against the Avs. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. And you can also find us on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked On Islanders. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Lots to discuss on today's show. We're going to start first with this. If you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question for us, a comment about something we've discussed on the show, or maybe a topic you'd like us to analyze in a future episode, feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYR vs. NYI. We'll keep you up to date on all things Islanders all season long, and I'm live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so join me for some instant insight and analysis, and uh, always great to talk Isles hockey, game time or any time. So, practice Monday, Islanders getting back to work after the disappointing weekend losses to both the New Jersey Devils and the Buffalo Sabres. And no big surprise that Lane Lambert is making some lineup changes. Now, first of all, got to be clear about this. Uh, Scott Mayfield, who did practice Friday of last week, was not at practice uh, on Monday, did not participate. So we do not uh, believe although it obviously could happen, but we do not believe that he will be ready for tonight's game against the Abs. But here are the new forward lines that Lane Lambert put together at practice on Monday. And I'm not so thrilled with these lines, but let's uh, go over them and talk a little bit about them. The top line, again, Bo Horvat centering Anders Lee and Matthew Barzal. That means 
Barzal moves back to the right wing, and Anders Lee moves back to the first line. The second line, which has been by far the Islanders' most consistent and productive, Brock Nelson, Pierre Engvall, Kyle Palmieri, that line stays intact. The fourth line stays intact with Casey Sezikis, Matt Martin, and Cal Clutterbuck, even though their performance has been a little disappointing. I wouldn't say they've been a disaster, but they haven't really been playing up to their own standards. And that leaves the third line. J.G. Pajot centering the Stroms. Simon Holmstrom on the left. Oliver Wallstrom on the right wing. With Hudson Fashing and Julian Gauthier being your two extra forwards. The defense pairings very much the same Adam Pellick, Noah Dobson, Alexander Romanov, Ryan Polak, Samuel Bolduc, Sebastian Ajo, and then obviously Sorokin and Varlamov uh, basically going to be the two goaltenders. But here's the thing. Uh, I don't like this first line. And every day, as you know, I have said for a long time, on this show, I don't like the combination of Anders Lee and Bo Horvat being on the same line. Their styles are too similar. They don't complement each other. You know, the beautiful thing about an effective line in hockey is that the combination of talents that you put together makes the unit better than the, the, the whole is better than the sum of its parts. You go back, for example, to, let's say, the Trio Grand line for the Islanders. You had Brian Trottier as a center. Good speed. Good passer. uh, And also a pretty good shot as well. You had Mike Bossy, one of the elite snipers in the history of the National Hockey League, but not a very physical guy. And then you had Clark Gillies, who could score, who could be physical and defend his teammates, win battles in the corners, and he could shoot the puck. But the fact of the matter is, you put those three talents together, you've got a great passer, you've got an elite shooter, you've got a a grinder and a physical guy, and really all three of those guys, because they were a top line, could put the puck in the net. I mean, Bossy was a 50-goal-plus guy, Trottier 30-plus, Gillies 30-plus, And that line remains, you know, all three of them are in the Hall of Fame. That's probably the best line the Islanders have ever had in their now more than 50-year history. But the point is that you put those three together and they bring out the best in each other. I don't see that happening necessarily with Lee and and Horvat. And then I think Barzal played better on the left wing than he did on the right, and this change now moves him back to the right wing. Simon Holmstrom clearly was not the answer on the top line. I kind of like the idea of him being scratched just because I think he's better off right now in the AHL. But Lane Lambert and Lou Lamorello like his defense. He's steady without the puck. He doesn't make big-time mistakes, but offensively, he adds next to nothing. So here we are with Lee, Horvat, and Barzal together again, 
I love keeping the second line together. I don't particularly like Pajot, Holmstrom, and Wallstrom. Uh, I would prefer either Gautier or Fashing ahead of Holmstrom on this top line. And yeah, Fashing has struggled a little bit. Uh, to me, Gautier adds more speed to this line and I think would probably be the best of the three who I would try first. So I would go Gautier, Pajot, Wallstrom. Uh, I wouldn't mind Fashing. Holmstrom would be my third choice out of those three just because he adds so little offensively, whereas Fashing could, you know, add 15-plus goals, Gautier about the same. Holmstrom's going to get you like seven, eight goals over the course of an entire season at this point. I mean, he was on the first line for the first three games of the season, and he totaled one shot on goal. That is when you're playing with, you know, two of the better offensive players on this team, when you're on a line that is designed to be more offensive. And yeah, okay, Holmstrom was supposed to be the guy who was kind of hanging back a, a little bit more to cover if Bowen Barzi went to the net. But he's got to be more involved offensively than he was. And it was very disappointing to me to see uh, him you know, back in the, on the first line. So, you know, through three games, we have one hit and one shot on goal for Simon Holmstrom, and those were three games he played on the first line. He has got to be better than that, and he hasn't been. I understand why you put him on the third line, but now you're relying on Wallstrom, really, to carry that line offensively. I really would make a lot of changes to this lineup if it was up to me, but right now that's what Lane Lambert appears to be going with, and we'll see whether it has any positive effect tonight when the Islanders take on the Colorado Avalanche, obviously a very tough opponent. We have got a lot more to get to on today's show, including our complete preview of tonight's game against the Avs. Then we also have our Islanders' birthday of the day, a player who was with the team for three seasons in the mid-2000s and had a big 30-plus goal season for them in his first year with the Isles. Let's see if you can guess who that is. We've got all that and a lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Well, Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time just takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. One of my favorite features is the fact that on the app, you could see the view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive and game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's the best place to find last minute seats. So just take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on NHL. 
one word, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. Today's episode is also brought to you by Sleeper. Bo Horvat scores a hat trick. The Islanders win the Stanley Cup. Well, if you want to win 100 times your money, just play daily fantasy hockey on the Sleeper app. These are all possible scenarios for this season, but to have a chance at winning big, you need to play daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. As the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, Sleeper is our top choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contest. And look, whether you go with Bo or Barzi or Connor McDavid, Alexander Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, Kale McCarr, all you need to do is pick more or less on stats for these players. Choose stats like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. You heard me, Islander fans, 100 times payouts on Sleeper, so start paying attention and get those picks right so you can win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked On NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. So tonight, Islanders, Avalanche at the UBS Arena. The fourth home game as compared to just one road game. And, you know, there's an old cliche in sports that it's not just who you play, but when you play them. And right now, this may not be the best time to play the Colorado Avalanche. This is a team that is off to a perfect 5-0 start. They have played three of those five games on the road. They only gave up more than one goal in two of those games and only gave up more than two goals once. So they gave up two, one, one, zero, and then four goals in their last game at home against Carolina, but they scored six. Alexander Georgiev has started all five games, and boy, is he off to a red-hot start. A 1.58 goals against average, a 9.43 save percentage. He is on fire, and I get the feeling since the uh, Avalanche have... You know, they're going to have two days off in between games. They last played on uh, the 21st of October. I get the feeling that they are going to play Georgiev again, especially since their regular backup is injured. Their power play and penalty kill are both top 10 in the league. The power play is 8th, hitting at a 27.8% success rate. The penalty kill 2nd in the league. 95.5% success, and yeah, five games, small sample size, but boy, these numbers are impressive. They are sixth in the league in goals scored and second in the league in goals against in five games. The Avalanche have allowed eight goals, and four of them came in their last game. Miko Rantanen right now leading the team with four goals and eight points, uh, Kale McCarr, always dangerous, and uh, Arturi uh, Lekkonen both have four assists. Nathan McKinnon, three goals, as does Logan O'Connor. But this is a team that is just hitting on all cylinders right now. 
and the Islanders have to hope that, you know, they catch them on an off night after the travel and, and everything else. Let's put it this way. We know the Islanders won big against the Avalanche the last time that uh, the Abs came to UBS Arena last year. We have to hope that the Islanders are able to play their A game. And we what we need to see is the disciplined defense that we saw against the Arizona Coyotes and in the first meeting of this season against Buffalo. Uh, and boy, oh boy, I cannot stress this enough. Stay out of the penalty box. If the Islanders are taking dumb penalties uh, and too many penalties, this Avalanche team will make you pay. We look at the line combinations. Nathan McKinnon, always dangerous. He centers Letkinen and Valerie Nichuskin on a dangerous top line. Ryan Johansson, Thomas Tatar, and Miko Rantanen are the second line. Ross Colton, Miles Wood, and Jonathan Druan on the third line. And then on the fourth line, from left to right, Andrew Cogliano, Frederick Olofsson, and Logan O'Connor. Former Islander Devon Taves and Kale McCarr are the top defense pair. That's got to be one of the best defense pairings in the NHL, especially offensively. Bowen Byram and Samuel Gerrard are the second pair. And then Jack Johnson and Josh Manson are the third pair. McKinnon will go back to the point along with McCarr on the first power play unit. Letkinen, Johansson, and Rantanen up front. Uh, And then on the second power play unit, Tatar drops back to the point. Nichuskin, Colton, and Druan up front. Bowen Byram also on the point. The goalies, Georgiev, and right now with Pavel Frankuz out with an injury and on IR, Ivan Prospetov is the backup. He is yet to play this year. And again, since they haven't played uh, since, what was it, Friday night, I expect to see uh, Georgiev again against the Islanders tonight. We have got to see, the Islanders have got to play their A game and smart. Got to clog up the neutral zone. Cannot allow some of these speedy, skilled players to have time and space. Like, okay, remember what happened Friday uh, with Jack Hughes? They can't let anything like that happen when they're playing the Colorado Avalanche. The Avalanche will turn those kind of chances in to goals, and the Islanders can't afford that. It will be important for the Islanders to keep their feet moving and not to let special teams be the determining factor in this game. You've got a top 10 power play, a top 8th power play, second penalty kill. The Islanders want to play this game as much as possible, 5-on-5, or they certainly want to have if anything, just power play opportunities, but do not give this Avalanche team more time and space. That is a recipe for disaster. I expect to see Ilya Sorokin in goal for the Islanders. I expect Georgiev to be in goal for the Avs, but we'll see. Uh, And as soon as I know, you will certainly know. Uh, Check the Twitter account for the latest updates. But as of now, here's a big challenge because... We know the Islanders played very nicely in their first two games, struggled a lot in their second two. I would even take 
an overtime loss in or a shootout loss in this game if the Islanders play well. I need to see this team firing on all cylinders, playing smart hockey. Look, the Avalanche are Stanley Cup contenders. They are like the Devils are. They are bona fide Stanley Cup contenders, one of the elite six teams in this league who can beat anybody, who can go on a long playoff run if they stay healthy. And remember, they don't have Gabriel Landeskog, who is probably going to miss the entire season again this year. So, you know, this team moves the puck very, very well. The Islanders have to be smart, efficient, and disciplined, something we didn't see from them over the last two games. All right, well, we got more to get to on today's show. When we return, two players I'm a little bit concerned about, and we'll sort of touch on this. We'll go into it more in the future, but we're going to talk about it a little bit on today's show, plus our Islanders' birthday of the day. We have got all of that and a lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And this app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And look, you can bet on the NFL. You've got the baseball playoffs. And of course, you can use your knowledge of the New York Islanders. Check out the odds for tonight's game against the Avs. You could do player props, see how many goals or points you think, for example, Matthew Barzal will get. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So, a couple of players that I'm a little bit concerned about right now. And I'm concerned about them for different reasons, but real reasons. First of all, Anders Lee. He really does seem to have lost a step. And, you know, the lack of speed, I think, hindered him playing on the third line. The problem is, I don't know if he's got what it takes on the first line right now. Ideally, he is a second or third line player based on the way he's playing. So far, four games, one assist. He is a plus one. Uh, Again, not the greatest, you know, play so far this season from Anders Lee. We saw him slump down the stretch last year and in the playoffs. I I really kind of question what's going on. Again, as I said earlier, his style is too similar to Bo Horvat to put him on the top line, but he may not have the foot speed to play on the third line. My big question for Anders Lee right now is, what is a good place to put him? You don't want to break up Nelson, uh, Engvall, and Palmieri. Lee is too productive offensively to be on the fourth line. I think he has to be on the third line right now but I don't know, you know, he obviously didn't look comfortable or very good playing there, and again, we'll see. 
uh, how he does now reunited on the first line, but I'm not thrilled with what I've seen so far from Anders Lee. And again, it's four games. I'm not panicked about this, but I am concerned because you add these four games to, let's say, the last 15 to 20 regular season games last year and the six playoff games, and it becomes a little bit more of a concern. I am rooting for Anders Lee. I have always liked Anders Lee, but I need to see more from Anders Lee. And then the other is Oliver Wallstrom. And again, he only played one game. But in the back of my mind, my concern is the clock is ticking on Oliver Wallstrom. He needs to find a place where he fits in, whether it's on the first line where he played on Saturday, whether it's on the third line, whether it's on the second power play unit, whatever it is, he needs to figure out the kind of game he's going to play and where he's going to fit in. Way too early to panic in the sense that it's only been one game for him and he's still coming back from the injury, but I'm kind of keeping my eye on him and hoping that we start to see more from Oliver Wallstrom. To me, I'm going to give him four or five more games before I even really start to evaluate him. But because this is the last year of his deal and the Islanders have uh, not necessarily an elite group of forwards, but they certainly have a crowded forward group and Wallstrom doesn't have a guaranteed spot in this lineup. I want to see him realize that potential and get the goals that he's supposed to get because this Islander team needs it. But again, the clock is ticking on Wally, and I hope he can come through. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Today, uh, well, we got to go back. We're a couple of days late. Sunday was the 49th birthday of former Islanders winger Miro Shatan, the native of Slovakia, a fifth-round pick of the Oilers back in 1993, made his NHL debut with Edmonton in 95-96, and then played for Buffalo before joining the Islanders in 2005-2006 after spending a couple of years in Slovakia. Uh, 35 goals and 66 points in that first year with the Islanders, followed that up with 27 goals and 59 points. The following year, even added a goal and three points in five playoff games, But in 07-08, kind of slowed down to 16 goals and 41 points, and then went to Pittsburgh, Boston, and then finished his career in Europe. But uh, Miro Chetan played in 1,050 NHL games, 363 goals, 735 points, 464 penalty minutes. You can uh, add 21 goals and 54 points in 86 playoff games. And uh, Chetan, I'll tell you, he was fast, he was skilled, he could put the puck in the net, and I always liked the way he played the game. We go back and look at one of his better games as an Islander, February 4th, 2006 at the old Mellon Arena in Pittsburgh. Rick DiPietro, the goalie for the Isles, Marc-Andre Fleury, the goalie for the Pens, and in this game, Miro Chetan with a hat trick, three goals on five shots as the New York Islanders beat the Pittsburgh Penguins five to four in regulation. The game-winning goal by Chris Campoli, but Chetan had three goals. They all came on the power play, and 
he was a big reason the Islanders were able to pull off the win. So Miro Chatan, 49 years old right now. Chatan uh, won a Stanley Cup during his career and uh, was a very good Islander for three seasons. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. I want to thank again, everybody, for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We'll have our key takeaways from tonight's game against the Avalanche, our hero of the game, our go to the game, and we'll have our weekly farm report as we talk all things Bridgeport Islanders. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!